Hey, just a real fast review of what we looked at this morning. Uh, we were looking at the fact of, or the title of the message, The Band of Godly Brothers, and what made Daniel, Sedrach, Meshach, and Abednego a band of godly brothers. We looked at three things. We looked at their godly upbringing. Uh, certainly there were people in their lives that took the time uh, to teach them the law of God and to pray for them. And that certainly paid dividends later on in their lives as they were thrusted into a very dark and hostile environment in Babylon. And uh, the things that they were taught, they did not forget. They remembered uh, those things uh, from a youth and certainly helped them uh, to serve the Lord and to seek the Lord. We also saw their godly view of trials. They certainly went through many trials uh, living in Babylon. And uh, we saw that they looked at their trials as opportunities uh, to prove and serve the Lord and to uh, do great things for the Lord uh, in difficulties. And then we also saw uh, another thing that made them a band of godly brothers was their godly friendship. Uh, they were uh, ironing, sharpening iron, and they were uh, men who were accountable to each other in their walk with the Lord and took seriously the things of God and and they enjoyed one another's company. Reading the, the law and praying wasn't a, a bother or something to put them off. It was something that they delighted in and loved to do uh, with each other. And what a blessing it is when you find people like that, young people especially, when you can have that sweet fellowship around the things of God. But another shared quality that they had, which I observed in this passage here in Daniel chapter 1, is that they had hearts to resist temptation. They had hearts to resist temptation. And we read this in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now Daniel is certainly the one uh, is spoken of of purposing in his heart to not give in to t this temptation of eating the king's food and and wine. But later on, you notice that uh, the other three friends followed suit. They followed the lead of Daniel, and they too purposed in their hearts to follow after the Lord and not defile themselves by eating the king's uh, food and, and the king in the king's wine. Well, why why was this such a problem uh, to uh, Daniel and the three men? Well, this food probably included unkosher meats such as horse flesh and pork. And also, uh, the wine was offered most likely to Babylonian gods. So they knew where, what this meant. They knew that, that this was just not eating food without any uh, link to this pagan worship and ritual that they practiced in Babylon. So they... They refrained from it. They protested. They resisted uh, the temptation um, to give in to this, um, this way of preparing themselves to meet the king. And um, this was something that David purposed, I mean, sorry, Daniel purposed in his heart. This was something that he convinced himself that he was resolute. He was determined. And boy, what a principle that is in our life to purpose in our hearts to follow the Lord. That when we are confronted with temptation, when we are confronted with tests and trials, 
that we've already prepared ourselves before these things that we're going to follow the Lord. We're going to purpose in our hearts to follow after the Lord. And this is what Daniel and these three men did. They, they had this resolution, this purpose, this drive, this willingness, this determination that we, if we are tempted, if we are to come forth and be tempted of this kind of sin, that we're going to resist it by God's grace. And that's something that we as not just young people, but everybody uh, in the church uh, would be good to take heed of when it comes to Daniel's example here. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. He purposed in his heart to serve and seek the Lord. I read in Psalm 27, that psalm that we sang uh, earlier this uh, the afternoon, uh, one thing I desired that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's that purpose, that desire, that one focus is to be faithful and true to the Lord. And Daniel and these three men certainly uh, were true to that. Now, again, we know that Daniel here is the one in focus. We know that the other three men followed Daniel's lead. But Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego had a test later in Daniel chapter 3 that very similarly, similarly they had to resist the temptation to bow down to the image of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, in Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, we read how these three men refused to bow down and worship the graven image of Nebuchadnezzar. Very similar uh, to what we read in Daniel chapter 1, the same principles involved. Um, they had hearts to resist the temptation, and they would not give in to the sin and the temptation to serve uh, the Lord, serve other gods. We read in that chapter, chapter 3, If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of, the, of thine hand, O king. This, this is uh, these men, I don't know who's speaking here exactly, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, kind of together are saying that we, Lord, we are here to serve the Lord, and if the Lord deliver us from this threat of the fiery furnace, so be it. But if he doesn't deliver us from the fiery furnace, we're still going to follow the Lord no matter what happens. We're going to seek the Lord because they had a purpose in their heart to seek the Lord. Despite the pressure to give in and to compromise and to uh, compromise their principles and their, their faith, he did not. They, later, later it says, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So even though Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not mentioned here in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, that Daniel purpose in his heart, we can safely say and prove very easily that this was the same heart that these three other men had along with Daniel. And this was something that made their band strong as uh, brothers in the Lord as uh, those men who were set apart for the service of the Lord, they all had hearts for the Lord. They all desired to glorify God. They had a desire to resist those things which were set before him, before them uh, to compromise and to sin. Now in Genesis chapter 39, verse 9, we read how Joseph responded similarly when Potiphar's wife tempted him. Uh, Joseph says to her, How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? It's the same spirit. It's the same purpose of heart 
that Joseph expresses, that these four men express here in Daniel chapter 1. They were committed, they were resolute, they were determined because they loved the Lord and because they had a testimony for the Lord that they would not sin against the Lord. And we know uh, that Joseph paid the price, in a sense, for his stand with the Lord. Potiphar threw him into prison, and we know later on the Lord was with him, and he rose up to the ranks of the second in command in all of Egypt. But the thing that prompted him, the thing that got him through those trials and those difficulties was that he purposed in his heart to not sin against the Lord. And again, where did that come from in the life of Joseph? Probably from his upbringing, uh, from Jacob taking time to read the law and to pray for him. It's the same uh, type of spirit and the same type of zeal and heart for the Lord these men expressed here in Daniel chapter 1. Daniel and his friends had hearts to resist temptation. Now we know that the book of James has an exhortation to submit ourselves unto the Lord. It says in James chapter 4 verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And this is the general exhortation found in James chapter 4, verse 7. But you can see it applied here in Daniel chapter 1 and in Genesis chapter 39 in the hearts of these young men. These were men who were resisting temptation, resisting the devil. And why? Because they had purposed in their heart to not sin against the Lord. There's a sense in which when we come to temptation, we have to almost be ready and prepared for temptation before it comes. When you turn on the TV... You have to purpose in your heart that I'm not going to watch something that will defile and corrupt my heart and mind. When we go onto the internet, we have to purpose in our heart that I'm not going to go on certain sites and be tempted in certain images on the internet because I purpose in my heart not to sin against the Lord. And there requires preparation to anticipate that these things are going to come. If you use the computer, if you watch TV, those things are constantly before our eyes. Scripture says that we're not to set any evil thing before our eyes. So therefore, we need to take the lead of Daniel and Joseph and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and purpose in our hearts to follow after the Lord. So when you go uh, through your day, when you go on to the internet, when you go on to the, watch the TV, when you're with other people, purpose in your heart that what I say, what I think, what I do will glorify the Lord. And this was the, the life purpose. This was their, their focus here uh, in the life of these men. And so too, it must be ours as well. So Daniel and his friends had hearts to resist temptation. But secondly, they had lives transformed by the power of God. All four of these men had lives transformed by the power of God. Where do I get that from? Daniel chapter 1, verses 11 and 15, we read, Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter. He proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. So here we have that Dave, Daniel purpose in his heart not to sin against the Lord. 
And he said, I, not, I would not eat from the king's table nor drink his wine. But Daniel just couldn't protest. He just couldn't refuse to do it. Um, he would have been killed. He had a proposal uh, to give to the prince of the eunuchs. And he says to the prince of the eunuchs, give us 10-day trial period. A 10-day trial period. Let us eat this pulse, which is more like a vegetable diet, than the, the meat from the the king's table and the, the wine from the king's uh, cup. Give us 10 days, and after, after the 10 days, see how we look. See what, what that diet will basically um, make us appear. If, it's, if, it's, if, it's, if we look better, fine. If, if we don't uh, look better, we eat the king's food and drink the king's wine. And so the, um, the prince of the eunuchs agreed to Daniel's proposal. And after the 10 days, what happened? They were transformed in 10 days by eating the pulse. Now, was it the food that transformed these three, these four men? It wasn't necessarily all the food. It was a, a means by which God used the food to transform them. But it was God's power, God's work. God worked a miracle in transforming uh, these four men in this 10-day period. Uh, to look fairer and clear and, and more stronger than the the other men who were to appear before uh, the king, and this certainly was a work of grace uh, in the heart of these men. This was something that food alone could not produce. God used that food to produce something that, from a human perspective, shouldn't have happened. Because when the eunuch, the prince of eunuch, asked Daniel. If you don't eat, what am I supposed to do? You've got to eat this food. This food will make you fairer and stronger. And Daniel said, let me put me to the test. Let me trust in this pulse and see what happens at the end of the day. Not only was he trusting in the pulse, we know that, in the food, but he was trusting in the, the power of God in his life. He was trusting in the Lord to make him stronger and fairer and his countenance better than these other men who were eating from the king's table. And lo and behold, it did. They were much fairer. They were much fatter. They were much healthier in uh, their appearance and countenance. Doesn't that tell you that these men were transformed by the power of God? God touched them in a way that separated them from all the other men uh, that were to appear before the king. And isn't that a picture of the gospel? Isn't that a picture of when God comes and transforms our lives. We become fatter and fairer and, and, and transformed in our thoughts and in our minds and our whole life becomes uh, a testimony to God's grace and power in our life. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 is certainly a verse that I think corresponds to what we are dealing with in Daniel chapter 1. Be not conformed to this world. That's really what these men were trying. They weren't being conformed to the world. They weren't allowing the king's food and the, and the, and the king's wine to come into them. What, but what were they doing? They were being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. These men proved God for 10 days. And in that 10-day period, God miraculously transformed them so that they would look better than the other men that were eating from the king's table. Miracle of grace, of transformation. And if we're believers in Jesus Christ today, we are all 
recipients of so great salvation. We are recipients of this transformation that has taken place in our life. But God touching us, giving us that health and that, that countenance that we once didn't have. The Lord came in the gospel of Jesus Christ and transformed our hearts and our minds unto his glory. So and these are all things that these men shared. It's all part of that the bond uh, the band of, of godly brothers, they all had this transformation. They had all this countenance and appearance that the prince of the eunuch saw. And eventually, um, the king saw as well uh, in, um, when they went before him. But doesn't this point spiritually to the transformation power of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? in your own life, and in the life of sinners. And boy, how we need that transformation, don't we, today? We need people uh, to look fairer and healthier. Their countenance is more, more full of life and more full of color because the gospel has come and touched their lives. They've, they've not eaten from the king's table and drunk from the king's cup, but they've been touched by the transformation power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a message it is that we can proclaim to a world that is so in need of transformation and reviving. So all these these four men had this, this gospel transformation power upon them. They had this purpose and heart to not sin against the Lord. And they all found favor in the sight of men. Because God was working in them, because God had brought them to the place where God transformed them, now they found favor in the sight of men in the, in the, with the prince of the eunuchs. When he saw what God had done and, and saw the power of, of the Lord, that he transformed this, this regular food that shouldn't have transformed them into who they were. But then he saw that there was more to it than just food here. There's a, there's a power that is, is above and beyond them. That was a great testimony before them, he felt comfortable to send them through to the king. He didn't feel like his head was going to be chopped off now or at risk to be chopped off now because he knew, he saw firsthand what God had done in the life of these men in that 10-day period. And he found favor in the sight of this eunuch. And why did he find favor? Well, verse 9 says, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. God did the same thing for Joseph. Remember when he was in prison, he, he, be, he, he found in favor with the, with the prison keeper, the prisoner who kept the prison. Uh, the Lord was with these men, and these men saw that the Lord was upon this in, these individuals in a special and real way. So therefore, he allowed them uh, to make a proposal um, that certainly in that time period, uh, came to pass to show forth that the Lord was indeed with them. And one of the things that uh, these uh, men also received from the Lord, not only was this transformation power and the favor before the prince of the eunuchs, but God gave them great skill and knowledge and wisdom in the things of science and the things of astrology. Uh, we read, um, in verse 17, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So again, we see 
that the reason why they had favor with men not only was because of the transformation power that God worked in their hearts, but also because of the wisdom and knowledge that God gave to them that these men saw that these men were special, that the Lord had set them apart uh, to understand things that no other one could, no other people can understand except these men who were filled with the knowledge of the Lord. And so when he went before the king, um, they the king, just like the, the prince uh, of the eunuchs, uh, the king saw uh, that uh, he was certainly, these men were certainly favored of the Lord, and they were um, definitely filled with a spirit that these other men were not filled with. And the reason being was because God had given them this wisdom, this knowledge that before they didn't have. And isn't this so true in our own lives, when we look at how God has been so gracious to us to give us the wisdom and knowledge of the gospel, that we can understand why Jesus Christ came, why Jesus had to come and live a perfect life, why Jesus Christ had to die on a cross to save us from our sins, why Christ had to rise again, why Christ will come again. All these things, we'd understand this knowledge was, in a sense, uh, concealed to us until the gospel came and the Lord opened up our hearts and our minds and we understood by God's grace the great mysteries and unsearchable riches of the Lord. And so when these men came before uh, the king, they were so impressed uh, that they were ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. It wasn't even close when these four men appeared before the Lord before the king Nebuchadnezzar because they were filled with the wisdom and knowledge of the Lord and this was something that certainly stood out uh, with the king and this made their band even stronger because the Lord transformed them the Lord gave them the wisdom and they all came together to share the things which the Lord had given to them uh, what a what a tremendous group of men um, they were to be able to share and to be filled with all the wisdom and knowledge of the Lord and to do it in such a way as to find favor with these men in the kingdom of Babylon. So we see that these men shared uh, a purpose of heart to serve the Lord. Uh, They also shared in this transformation power from the Lord and they also had a favor that was given to them by the Lord uh, in front of the men that they uh, came before, the prince of the eunuchs and the king. And I think lastly and fourthly, and I think this is something that could really just kind of summarize the things that they had in common. They had cherished memories of how God was faithful to them. They had cherished memories of how God was faithful to them. And they could look back when they got old, they could look back and see how the Lord worked in each of their lives in a way that truly amazed them, in a way that truly uh, made them silent before each other to realize that it was all God who did this. It was God who delivered us from our enemies. It was God who made us healthy and strong. It was God who delivered us from the fiery trials. It was God who shut the mouth of the lions. It was God who promoted us to these high positions of leadership and what memories these men had 
of how the Lord worked. And isn't it true, when you look back in your life, and the older you get, the more cherished memories you have of people that come into your life that help you in your walk with the Lord. People who the Lord has used to help you resist temptation or to be transformed in your mind. These are precious things that makes the, the bond uh, between believers even stronger when you can share with each other the, the, the impacts that the Lord has made in your life through the cherished memories uh, of God and how he's worked in your life. Look at all the ways, if you look past in your life, how the Lord has led you all this way, how the Lord has been faithful to you, how the Lord has <coughs> provided for you and, and guided you. Even as young people, all the ways in which God supplies your needs, your physical needs, your spiritual needs, your emotional needs, your family needs. What precious, cherished memories they are to the child of God. And I I believe that all four of these men could look back when they were older and see these times during their life certainly were cherished moments, precious moments and memories of the time when the Lord was so gracious to them and so bless them in so many different ways. And that's one of the main things I want you to get from this whole uh, passage here in Daniel chapter 1 is the cherished memories of this men, of these men made their bond even stronger when it came to being godly brothers. And that's something that uh, certainly encourages us, but also when we hear of the testimonies of God's people and how the Lord has delivered them and guided them in their life. Isn't that a a wonderful thing to hear of God's faithfulness, these cherished memories of God's goodness and grace to them? So what made Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego a band of godly brothers? Say their godly upbringing, their godly view of trials, their godly friendships, their godly hearts, their godly favor with men, and their godly memories. All of these things are those shared qualities that each of these men had that made their bond and their relationship with each other that much stronger. And I trust that as we look at the as we've looked at these qualities and we've looked at these four men, that they will motivate us and inspire us to have a stronger and closer walk with the Lord that we might, uh, like uh, these men, uh, be used of the Lord in a a great and mighty way. So uh, trust that the Lord will bless this message to our hearts and encourage us as we enter into a new work work week. Let's pray. Our Father, we do thank you for this a chapter here in Daniel chapter 1. We thank you, dear Lord, uh, for these shared qualities of these four men. And Lord, they're qualities that we would want to have in our life, Lord, uh, as the people of God. And we thank you, Lord, that you have raised up an example like these four men in Daniel 1 to motivate us and encourage us to serve the Lord. Lord, we need to be motivated We need to be inspired in our walk with the Lord. We confess, Lord, that the devil wants to unmotivate us. The devil wants us just to become uh, Christians who go through the motions, who uh, have no uh, lively faith, Lord. And we know that these men men encourage each other. These men had this this faith 
that was seen of others and a, a faith that was of the Lord. And we pray, Father, that as we go through our lives, that we might prove the Lord, that we might be transformed by the power of the gospel in our own hearts, and that others will see it and others will give testimony to the Lord that the Lord is working. And that, Lord, we might also see this transformation power in the life of others, Lord, in our family members, uh, in our uh, work workers and employers, uh, in our neighborhood. Lord, we pray that um, they will stop, in a sense, eating from the king's table and drinking from the king's cup and be transformed by the power of God's grace and, and gospel in their hearts. And that everyone will see that truly this was a work done of the Lord. So, Father, we pray that uh, these things might be more of a reality for us, that they may not just be some historical facts that we read about four dead people who are with the Lord now, but that these men might speak to us, though they be dead, that their lives and testimonies might indeed be alive to us. and We might take these examples and apply them in our life. So, Lord, we thank you for this time now. We pray you will watch over us. Uh, help us to purpose in our heart not to sin against thee, Lord. Help us to purpose in our heart to put you first and to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And we pray, Father, uh, that we might do all things to redound for the honor and glory of King Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.